Welcome back into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Ben alongside my sister Paige. And today it's week 14 of the NFL season. But most importantly, the Lakers are about to win the in-season tournament. We're up at half of the semifinals, and we're going to assume. We cover all the week 14 matchup, give our predictions, and provide what we think will happen going forward to the playoffs of the NFL season. That's next year on the His and Hers podcast. All righty, Paige, would love to uh, provide an eloquent uh, reasoning on the absence of podcasting. We talked on a few ideas. Um, I severed my leg and was recovering. Um, dramatic loss in the family. Um, sabbatical to find inner peace. And all those would have been a lie. Uh, so let's, you know, life happens sometimes. You know what I mean? And uh, Thanksgiving was tough, mainly Very for the tough. fact you drove back uh, that day. You know, Thanksgiving was a Thursday, which is typically when we record. You drove back, and then once I get thrown off my schedule, I'm a weird dude. So, but we're here. Week 14. We're here. We rock. made it. We made it. And there's a lot of great matchups in week 14 as we end toward, you know, kind of Barreled towards the end of the season, what's always interesting now with the 17-game season and the 17 playoff is that there's still a lot of teams that are playing for a lot all the way into December. Uh, and whether that's just to get the, the seventh seed to get trounced in the first round, like usually happens, um, hey, they played the games for a reason, and all these teams are really, really close. So let's start uh, tonight. Uh, ongoing game between the Steelers and the Patriots. The last that I saw, the Patriots are up 21-10. to 10. Uh, Not many people had this game circled. Paige, have you watched any of this game? I've watched a total of like eight minutes. And it was just the Pittsburgh Steelers fans booing majority of that time. So, and they, Yeah, I uh, looking at the box score, I did know that Bailey Zappi was playing uh, really, really well, which is impressive considering they just put up a goose egg at home against a Chargers defense that has been less than stellar. And then the Steelers defense has been really good. So you kind of would assume that they would have continued that trajectory. No, Bailey Zappi in the first half throws three touchdowns. They jump out 21 to 10. Uh, They go scoreless in that third and they threw it interception. But I mean, they jumped uh, out 21 to three. 21 to three. Uh, and then scoreless third. Now they're into the fourth quarter. We'll keep you updated on our thoughts on that. But it would be uh, ops at like obviously be very devastating for the Steelers. They're sitting at seven and four. They had back to back home games against a, a two and ten uh, Cardinals team and a two and ten Patriots team. And to lose both of those at home would all but assuredly knock them out of the playoff contention in like all seriousness. Uh, I would imagine, right, Paige? The rough side of being in the AFC. If they were in the NFC, they'd be the number three seed. <laughs> yeah, that division's pretty tough. But we'll move on uh, to some more compelling matchups. We're going to start with the NFC South, a matchup between the Buccaneers and the Falcons. They've already played once this year. The Falcons uh, beat the Buccaneers. And so where the Falcons are 6-6, six and six, Bucks are 5-7, and seven. the Buccaneers want to make a late push in the division, this is going to have to be the game that they do it or else they'll fall two games behind the Falcons and lose the tiebreaker. Mike Evans is automatic with the 1,000-yard seasons. He's had a 10-year career and said hit 1,000 yards in every single one of those years, and it's impressive. Obviously, people are going to remember him for his Tom Brady time, those few years that he had him, but he has played with a wild collection of quarterbacks and has been as consistent as they come. But, Paige, in this matchup in the NFC South, uh, do you think the Falcons take a firm control in that division, or do the Buccaneers with Baker make a statement and beat up the Falcons? Yeah, this one's, this one's tough for me, but I think I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. Um, I just think that both of these teams pretty even kill in terms of talent-wise to me. Desmond Ritter is obviously a very limited quarterback, um, but 
you're not going to go much farther than that because of Desmond Ritter. I just think that Mayfield isn't capable of carrying an offense every week, and we've just seen him kind of ebb and flow. And so I could just see this one being interdivisional matchup. I could see the Falcons taking this because Baker Mayfield just has not been super consistent. And not to say that the Falcons have been consistent, but yeah, I'm going to go Falcons. I think it's going to be close. I think it's like a one-point game, maybe 17-16, but yeah, taking the Falcons. What say you? Uh, I agree with you. I think the Falcons at home. Um, I would like to pick the Bucs. I like the Bucs more as a team just for guys I'm rooting for. And I think that they do have kind of the bones or, you know, kind of the framework to, to actually do something in the postseason more so than the Falcons. But that division is is putrid. Uh, and so if the Falcons are able to get this win, I, I do think that they would, you know, firmly plant themselves as the likely champion of the NFC South. Um, before we move on to the next game, I want to make note, the Cardinals and Commanders are both on a bye, and I know that everyone's going to be missing them. One thing is a bye this late in the year is crazy. That is so late, but um, they are both on a bye this week, the last bye week of the year. Do you want to know something crazy? Crazy. Crazy it up. Every team in in NFL history has zero wins and zero losses on their bye week. Oh, my gosh. Zero percent. If only you could bet on that. <laughs> you can. I, I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what even what you'd be betting on because it's not a win or a loss. Um, the Rams and the Ravens meet up in Baltimore uh, in a very compelling matchup that did not seem that way just a few weeks ago. Los Angeles was sitting at three and three, three and six, but have now won three straight with victories over two teams that have entered the game with a winning record. Uh, and they're firmly back into the playoff race, just sitting outside the six and seven seed. The Ravens coming off a bye. I think the last time we saw them, they were beaten up on the Chargers on Sunday Night Football and now uh, look prime to make that push for the number one seed because in that they won uh, after and then the Chiefs lost and then the Chiefs lost again. And so they're sitting in a good position to take over the number one seed and host all of the important playoff games. So do they continue that trend, come off a bye, and pick up another win against the Los Angeles Rams? Um, yes, my money is on the, the Ravens on this one. Um, Ravens obviously sitting at the top with the most productive running game and the best scoring defense in the league. Um, the Rams, not the same story. I think that you're just going to be able to see the Ravens offense pick apart that Rams defense. And... The only thing that could potentially hurt this game is maybe weather. You know, you just, yeah. you got to consider weather if there's really bad wind or something like that. But otherwise, I'm giving it to the Ravens and giving it to Lamar Jackson. You know, you prop the weather. Let me let me pull up the uh, the weather report. Uh, as of right now, Sunday, 61 degrees with the high chance of rain uh, and wind. At 10 miles per hour, the precipitation is covering 80% of Baltimore, Maryland. So that's a really good point. I think anytime you get a Los Angeles team, a good weather team into some less than ideal, the 61 is pretty warm. Uh, so that's not as bad. But the fact that you have some inclement weather and you have a team that's designed like Matthew Stafford, the Kyron Williams, you know, the running game has been improved there for Los Angeles. But Matthew Stafford is what makes that offense go. Uh, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, you know, him being able to make the throws all over the field. And so then you implement some weather factor into it. I'm going to go with the old, uh, you know, the team coming off the bye, the team that likes to run the football. Um, They're going to keep that game, uh, you know, in their style and they're going to win at home. We've seen them blow blow out teams at home like the Detroit Lions uh, and the Rams are a much better team than them. Lamar Jackson's the MVP of our heart. He's a funny dude. Tell you what. The next game, NFC North, they played just a couple weeks ago. Uh, speaking of the Lions, sitting at 9-3 in firm control of their destiny, not only for the division, but potentially for the number one seed in the whole conference. Um, Detroit rookie tight end Sam Laporta gained more than 100 receiving yards for the first time in his career last week against the Saints. He caught all nine of his targets for 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's the second rookie tight end since 1970 to have at least 140 in a TD reception in a game. 
Pete Mitchell of Jacksonville Jaguars back in 1995 was the other. So, Paige, the Bears quite literally fumbled the game away the last time these two teams played. They were up 12 with less than two minutes to go or something nutty like that. Maybe it was less than three, and they they lost it. Can they get the job done and upset the Lions and continue to show that they're moving in the right direction as an organization? I'm going to say that there's a chance. I think I I think I'm still going to put my money on the lines in this situation um as much as it pains me. Uh but I do think that the Lions are going to close this game out. I do think it's going to be really close. Not to bring up the weather again, but there is also some wind issues um being oh. reported and so there is a chance of the weather impacting this game as well and so I think that's the only reason that it'll be close. I think that you're going to see the Lions kind of come in with a tenacity to kind of shut out the bears uh, because of even though they still won that game, it was a little bit embarrassing for them um, to be like down with the bears that far than that late into the game. And so um, I just think that that weather factor could just kind of level it a little bit. I think this will be a close game two physical teams in the same division, like very likely that it's going to be close and a fun game to watch. Um, But I'm going to take the lions. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the better record and the better quarterback. Yeah, I just, uh, the last time we saw the Bears, they played in one of the worst football games I ever watched. It was, it was, it was bad. It was seriously the, like, because a lot of those games get buried at like a, you you don't see that type of game on primetime a lot, that the Vikings and the Bears played Monday Night Football because they try to put the best teams in there. Not that it doesn't happen. I mean, just last year, remember, Remember that Broncos Colts game in Denver Thursday night football uh, last year? That one was up there as well. But the Bears had, you know, had four hit interceptions on defense against Josh Dobbs, and they won thirteen. Or yeah, what was it? Uh, it was twelve to ten. Like they they shouldn't have won that game, and they did. Uh, yeah. And everything broke their way in that football game. So no, I don't think they're going to beat the beat the Lions again is there's always a chance in the NFL but I think the Lions have proven uh that the bad teams they typically beat uh not that they can't be surprised from uh from a random game so but I'm gonna go with the Lions as well a very interesting and important matchup happens this week the Bengals coming off a must win against Jets for Jaguars on Monday Night Football where Jake Browning balled out the former Washington quarterback shout out to the the Huskies, who made it back into the college football playoff, he was with them when they did it back in 20, I think it was 2019. Um, he became the 10th player in the Super Bowl era to throw 350 or more yards and complete eight, at least 85% of his passes. Kind of a crazy stat. Here's another crazy stat. Four of Cincinnati's next five games, the last five games of the season, are against teams currently starting a backup quarterback. So, the Bengals left for dead after Joe Burrow's injury and after losing to the Steelers where they looked inept on offense, but now find themselves in a really good position. They play Gardner Minshew and the Colts this week. They play at home next week against the Minnesota Vikings at a Saturday morning game, and they finish up with some divisional games. So Paige, the Colts and the Bengals, which is very important for wildcard implications, who's going who's gonna to be the team that comes out on top? Yeah, as fun as it was to see uh, Browning kind of have that game, I think we're going to see a little bit of a Josh Jobs situation here where I think this week you're going to have the Colts come in with a little bit of a game plan against Browning's style of offense. There's a reason that he's not a starting quarterback in the league. And so I think that you're going to see the Colts pull out a win. I think it'll be a little bit close, a four to five point uh, victory for the Colts. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. Just just not bought in on that Bengals offense without Joe Burrow. I will say I, I don't disagree with you. I think Shane Steichen um, should be in heavy consideration for a coach of the year. I mean, this was a franchise that won three games last year, I think. Three or maybe it was four. Uh, their roster didn't improve immensely, and then they lost their you know, high first-round pick quarterback that looked promising, and he's just kind of – put this team together and they've been tough in every game they've lost. They went into Baltimore, beat them. Um, and they've, and every game they just make it real dirty and ugly. And like last week against the Tennessee Titans, they blocked two punts to give them themselves a chance to win that football game, which they did in overtime. With all that being said, 
I think going into Cincinnati with this team that's playing this well and all of the weapons the Bengals have at their disposal, not that Jake Browning is Joe Burrow, but I think you see what made Joe Burrow who he is. I think Zach Taylor gets undercredited for how good of an offensive coach he is. Uh, so he's going to maximize his skill set. And when you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, even have a former, um, you know, former Viking weapon. I'm just spacing his name, the tight end that they signed. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., who's kind of an athletic freak. Uh, their offensive line's gelling a little bit, and that defense always starts to come around this time of year, at least it has the last couple of years. So with all that being said, I think the Bengals st- stand firm, pick up the crucial win, and get themselves back into heavy consideration for the playoffs. Minus Joe Burrow, and what a story that would be. I think that would help legitimize coaching of Zach Taylor to a lot of people because they want to give so much credit to Joe Burrow and what he does. But I think Zach Taylor being able to kind of patchwork this together and get them into the playoffs still, I think that finally teach a lot of people, hey, he's he's a pretty good coach and kind of the reason that Joe Burrow is so successful. You know what? You might have just swayed me. That was a really good little uh little monologue there. And I agree. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> give give Zach Taylor's large. You just you just swap me over to the other side. Thank you. And Browning, I've been, I've been, I trust. So this is a little bit of a tan, uh, not a, uh, like, uh, have you seen the new Hunger Games movie? Not yet, no. Are you like Hunger Games fan? Where would you put yourself? Like in the kind of the, the trilogy I, and stuff? I've read all of the books, really enjoyed them. I just, I read the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes this like summer and absolutely loved it. I read it in like one day. Oh, yeah, you should uh, you should really go see the movie. It's great. I know. I'm I, really I, bad I, about I, going to the movies, but yeah, it's on my list of things to do. Mo- movies are uh, going to a movie is a it's a top 5 activity for me. I I love it immensely. I love that for you. I saw Barbie 3 times. That's the only movie I've really seen in theaters this year. You've oh, seen that one 3 times. I saw Barbie 3 times, Taylor Swift movie once. Yep. Okay. Well, my whole thing my whole thing was I uh so I saw that on Saturday. And then it reignited the Hunger Games. And so I, I watched, I, uh, I bought all four of them on Apple oh. TV because they were on sale. The, uh, uh, not all four. All, yeah, no, all four of them. And so I, I kind of was watching the Hunger I've seen the Hunger Games so much. Like I've seen it more than any other one of them. So I kind of watched on my phone throughout. I wasn't as tied to it. Last night, I start catching fire uh, probably about this time. I, and I'm like, oh, I'll just watch half of it and go to bed. I ended up watching the whole thing. I oh, just, wow. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't go. It's all. And then, uh, wild that the, you started a movie with the intention that you weren't going to finish it. That's just, Oh, I, I do that. All that's the time, why, no? that's why I never watch a movie. That's why I never watch movies. Cause I'm always like, I don't have time to watch this full movie. And so then I watched six episodes of a TV show instead. <laughs> well, that's my favorite thing because yeah, like be watching, you know, say like uh, game of Thrones and episodes about an hour long. And it usually ends on a cliffhanger like just pause a movie at a part that's let's clip hangy and split them up and watch a good movie you know what i mean it's the same thing but uh but anyway so i end up watching it and then today get done with a little bit chris shop it's my day off and got home and uh shelly went to her nails done i'm like hey you know what i'll just start watching you know watch the mocking jay part one and just go until i can't i ended up watching the whole thing (laughs) and then i'm like okay watch mocking jay pod two yeah, seriously, I was like, well, you know, Reagan was playing in a room with a Barbie house and I just flicked it on and all of a sudden I'm watching part two and I finished it today. So I, I watched all four of them within a week after seeing the new one. It just it's over with. I got it all done. So I've got knock it off the to do list. Now, this is yes. the question. Do you love it for the storyline or is Jennifer Lawrence just a crush? That's exactly what Shelby said. It's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I will say that, you know, she was, you know. She was one of your crushes. Oh, back in the day, that, that was uh, that was up there. Um, no, I really like the storyline. I will say the the really uh, well done book, especially. I think like that whole trilogy was really good, but having that tie in of the ballad now and understanding like him, the yeah. snow, that was like it's always that made weird. all of it. It's always weird developing it. empathy for the villain, and then being realized, oh, this guy's psychotic. Yeah, he's pretty it, much the worst. Hopefully, this is going down a deep rabbit hole. There's a whole point I brought this up with, but hopefully that maybe inspires J.K. Rowling to do like a Voldemort 
point of view. How sick would that be? I think it that'd would, be dope. It'd be so sick. You get a little bit of that. You get a little bit of knowledge about his upbringing in Chamber of Secrets. But to really dive into that, that's what we need, JK. That would be solid. I'll send, 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 that, send her an email. Yeah, she doesn't have enough of those probably every day. Um, so the whole reason I said that is, uh, you know, there's a lot of speeches in Game of Thrones by political figures. And, Hunger uh, Games? That was... Yeah, there's a good amount of them. You just there's said you just like, said there was a lot of speeches in Game of Thrones, and I was like, haven't seen it, couldn't verify. Oh, did I see Game of Thrones really? <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a lot of speeches in Game <laughs> of Thrones, but I haven't watched that recently. <laughs> House of Dragons season two comes out next summer, Paige. You got you got to you got to watch it. Great. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, anyone anyone send in their opinion on Hunger Games? Why did you bring Hunger Games up? I just told you. You said I convinced you with my monologue, oh, and I was oh, telling you that I, okay, okay. Uh, my monologue um, knowledge right. is on a high because of all these speeches I've been hearing. There you go. There you go. I can't whistle. So I've all in, fun. <laughs> fun fact: Zach and I both can't whistle, so we volunteers tribute not, not because I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't be a. <laughs> Mockingjay for you. We could not whistle for you. No. So the Jaguars are, again, this is such a great week of football. I can't emphasize that enough. A lot of meaningful games. Jacksonville um, coming into Cleveland to play the Browns. They, I haven't seen an update on Trevor Lawrence. I know he practiced today, but I haven't seen if he's tracking to play on Sunday. Seemed like it was going to be really bad. They didn't even have a golf cart for him to ride back to the locker room, but then I don't know if he was trying to save face, like the organization's face or not, but he's saying, I wanted to walk back to the locker room. Weather doesn't matter, but they lost in overtime. Uh, to uh, It's AFC lead is down to one game with five left, opening a path for Houston and Indianapolis in the race for the division title. Now Houston split the season series with the Jackson Jaguars, so it's going to come down to one if they finish with the same record and also the AFC tiebreakers and stuff, how it all falls out. The Browns with Joe Flacco were at seven and three. Now we're slipping. There's the seven and five. The AFC playoff race, as you mentioned, is very tight and very competitive. This game means a lot for the both of them. Who do you think is going to get the win? Uh, Jackson Jaguars with potentially CJ Bethard or the Cleveland Browns with definitively Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. We're, it's 2023 and we're talking about Flacco. Flacco. You can't quit him. Um, I don't think I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to play this game. So I'm setting it up that way that we're going to see CJ Beathard on the field because I just don't think after that injury, what it looked like and like the reactions everyone has had. I just think that there's he has to miss at least one game, Um, especially with a high ankle sprain. You just don't want to risk it going in anyways. So I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to play. And so in that, I don't think Cleveland needs much from Flacco to win this game. I think that their defense is going to be able to shut down the Jaguars offense enough, keep hold them to three points and they're going to get a defensive score. And then all the offense has to do is just not turn the ball over. And you know what? I trust that Joe Flacco can do that against a Jaguars defense. That's not that great. Yeah, it would be, uh, I do think the Browns are going to win this game. Um, I do think it's going to be kind of a rock'em sock'em type of football game, but I do feel like the Browns, like I think it means a lot more for the Browns. Like the, if they lose this game, things are starting to slip right out of their fingertips. Um, whereas not the Jags, not out of their fingertips, but where the Jags still have some room, and if they're going to be down Trevor Lawrence, the offense sometimes can look really bad with Trevor Lawrence. And I know C.J. Bethard came in and played okay. But that's not that's not what you want your answer to be at all full time. The Carolina Panthers are the first team eliminated from playoff contention. <gasps> which is pretty tough, pretty tough for them to do when the division leader is six and six. So because as long as you're in your division race, you're in the playoff race. They're so bad, they're not even in that. At one and eleven, they don't even hold their pick. They go to New Orleans to face Jameis Winston. And the New Orleans Saints. We love Jameis Winston. This is a another NFC South. So all NFC South teams are facing inner division. 
Uh, who do you think picks up the win in this matchup? Well, fun fact for you. Uh, Jameis Winston also started against the Panthers last year. Do you know what his stats were in that? Tell me. Remember it? Remember two interceptions and two fumbles. It was oh. a bad, it was a bad, bad, bad Jameis Winston game. Um, yeah. And, but you know, the thing about Jameis Winston, you saw it when he played the Vikings and that's just always going to stay in my brain is that he will have some really fun, gutsy plays that like make him score. And then he'll throw some awful interceptions and make some really, really dumb decisions. So all to say, I think that the saints are going to come out on top, even with Jameis Winston, even if he turns the ball over four times, I think that the saints are still going to win this game. Yeah. There's not much more to say. I agree with you. Like, Panthers bad, 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 bad. They're bad, bad organization. The but you know uh, who's good, Adam Thielen. Yes, slower than shit though, but <laughs> it's fine. The Houston Texans go to New York and play the now Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. What a what a year for the Jets, man! Tank Dell was lost for the season with a fractured fibula. R.I.P. C.J. Shroud, however, was able to focus on Nico Collins. Complete nine passes two for 191 yards against Denver and a touchdown. Um, they, the, you know, the Jets defense is legit, and that's what makes this season so maddening for them. Um, but the Texans are playing for a lot. Like we mentioned just a couple games before, if Jacksonville does go into Cleveland and lose, which they are expected, they aren't favored, and the Texans are able to pick up a win, you know, not only are they really good position for just a wild card spot, but also a division win, which in your first, if you win the division in the first head coaching, you know, year of D'Amico Ryan's first year of CJ Stroud's, uh, you know, I mean, everything couldn't be coming up more roses for the Texans. And uh, I, I think they're going to get the win. I'll start with my prediction. I do think they're going to go and beat the Jets just because that Texas defense, you know, forced a uh, quarterback in Russell Wilson, who wasn't making mistakes. Now, up to this point, into three turnovers, three interceptions. And so there's a play in the game. I don't know if you remember from last week when the Texans, the Texans Broncos game, uh, Samaj P. Ryan caught the ball and made a move and then fumbled, or he got tackled and fumbled right after. And they blew the play dead, saying Ford Progress was stopped. And it was, it was a little iffy, and it would have been a return for a touchdown. So I think that Broncos game was a little bit closer than it should have been. Uh, and so I think the Texans are a really good team. I think they beat the Jets. Not It's not going to be by more than probably six points because they're not going to score a ton, but they are going to win uh, and really, really assert themselves in that. Yeah, I agree. Some interesting things with the Texans are that they're throwing for the second most charges there while running for the ninth fewest. So their run game isn't as strong, obviously, as their pass game. But And the Jets are the third best the league's third best pass defense, but the fourth worst against the run. And so I think that you're actually going to see the Texans be able to pick up some more yards on the ground than they initially, than they usually do. But I agree with you. I don't think this is going to be, I think some people are looking at this game thinking that the Texans are going to blow the jets out. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think you're going to see the jets. The biggest issue that the jets are going to have is that they're not going to be able to score a touchdown and they're just going to kick field goals. And ultimately that's, what's going to make the, the Texans pull out the win, probably get a safety on Zachy Wilson. Yeah, probably. It's always something. I mean, that game last week, they got they, the first points of the game was a safety by the Jets on the Falcons. That was like, it was just perfect in every way. I think at one point the score is like 10-8. Like, it was just like, what the hell's going on? All right, Paige, the best game of the week. I'm going to be there. I'm so excited. The Minnesota Vikings, Josh Dobbs, going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Um, if this season is kind are of Are you guys driving? Yeah. So we are leaving Saturday after work because uh, one of my buddies we're going is in, in the general manager of the BMW store. The other one is the uh, owner of a jewelry store in town, Ingram's Drewley. Rob, he's a friend of the podcast. You know yeah. what I mean? Why do I he's care about their job titles? Because we all have to work on Saturdays. Oh, okay. Is okay. what I was trying to tell you. So they work in retail. We have to be open. So we're leaving after work. We're stopping in St. George. And then we're going to the game and then leaving right after the game. Yeah. I think I'm going too. <laughs> wow. I, just, 
I decided today. I got talked into it by a bunch of people at work. So, are you flying down? We haven't decided. We're looking at flights, uh, and oh, we're looking we're. at driving. So yeah. We're either gonna go. We're either gonna go like who's just we? drive down. I'm just me. Who's we? Just me and some friends. You don't know. Uh, oh, okay. You, What's their maybe, job titles? Maybe you'll meet them. <laughs> What's their job titles? What's I need their qualifications. Job titles? <laughs> are they worthy to talk to me? You know no. what I mean. My friend Dylan, major Minnesota Vikings. He's actually got really sick seats right on the fifty, like row three. And he's going to be dressed up as Santa with a Harrison Smith jersey over top. And his friend's going to be dressed up as Buddy the Elf. Did they pay for that? Holy cow. No, he got gifted those tickets. So Who gifted him those tickets? Yeah, I got to get more on that story. I forgot. But I got I to gotta find better friends. I know. And so uh, I got to go just so I can see Dylan on the big screen because he's definitely going to make it on the screen. And so, That's yeah. awesome. So anyways. Well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, Paige. He's wearing a Vikings jersey. It's a Raiders home game. I don't know if they're very apt to show. Well, like nas- national TV will show. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. You're more likely there. <laughs> yeah. I got you. That big but screen. hey, uh, it's guessing that 54% of the stadium by SeatGeek is guessing 54% of the stadium will be Vikings fans. Well, that's the problem with the Raiders. One, the ticket prices suck. Um, but well, That's because they got because, a sick stadium in a place people want to go. Well, exactly. Because if you're, it's, you know. Going to Minnesota Viking game in December, it's going to be heavy purple and the ticket prices aren't near as bad because no one from Vegas is like, oh, let's go up to Minnesota. Let's go to the Mall of America. But everyone in Minnesota is like, we can go to Vegas in December. Let's go. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the problem they face with like every franchise because it doesn't mean if you're Baltimore. So, like, for me, you know, being Vikings fans, we, they only play in Las Vegas every eight years. And then there's that new 17th game rule where that might change, but like guaranteed the next time that they would play, there's 2031. So it's like, you got to take advantage of when they play this close. And I, and, and I didn't go to the Denver game. So I had regrets. to go to this, but Rag- also, well, no, not, not also not, no regrets because no regrets. initially regrets. And then it was so bad. At least that game was fun to watch Like how painful I don't want to go down that road because yeah, reseller fees, but going to that Monday night football game would have been terrible. <laughs> so um, the Raiders, if this, like, as I was saying, if this feels familiar in 2021, they fired John Gruden had an interim head coach. They were six and seven and their playoff hopes were fading. They rattle off four straight wins and secure a playoff berth. this year under Antonio Pierce they're six and seven. Or they're five and seven, excuse me, but they have five games remaining. They play the Vikings this week, the Chargers, the Chiefs, Colts, and Broncos. Not that those are gimme games, but a little bit softer, and maybe they can run the tip of a page. In this matchup, who gets the win, the Vikings or the Raiders? Josh Dobbs or Aiden O'Connell? Justin Jefferson returning, by the way. Jefferson is coming back. Just take a moment for that. Hallelujah. Um, that feels good. It feels good. And because he's coming back, I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. I think it's going to oh, be shocker. fun. I think it's going to be close. Everyone was surprised. <laughs> uh, I just think that Flores is going to blitz the crap out of O'Connell and early and often, and we're going to be good. So, yeah, I, I'm taking the Vikings. We're going to win by four. And we're going to be there. That's right. We're going to be there. Um, yeah, I do think the Vikings will win, um, but it's hard to take my opinion on it because I am so biased and I want them to win a game I'm going to be at. So I'm not going to dive into the details. On the Vikings side, there is a lot of encouraging reports of O'Connell sitting down, go, you know, him and Job Dobbs did a review of that Monday Night Football. He's taken a lot of ownership out of the play calling, saying there was just a lot of things he did in that game that weren't to the betterment of the team, just trying to call a game that he thought would work. Yeah, well, uh, so those three be... last those three last play calls they didn't work, buddy. No, they did not. Another divisional matchup, uh, one that we saw on Thanksgiving night. The Seattle Seahawks are now in San Francisco to play the Niners. Uh, the Niners coming off the massive win against the Eagles, and now have an opportunity to get themselves in the number one seed talk. Uh, the Seahawks are in a brutal stretch of their schedule. This is the third of four games to determine their postseason fate. They've lost the 49ers and then on Thanksgiving to the Cowboys. Uh, and they play the Niners this weekend. And I think they play the Eagles next week. So I, any, everyone that saw their schedule and they were six and five, they're like, they're probably going to fall to six 
and eight, and they are on track to do so. Paige, do you think they buck the trend, get a back above 500, and have an upset win over the Niners, or do you think the Niners continue their dominant stretch and beat up on the Seattle Seahawks? No, I think the Niners had their they had their foopaw in the middle of the season, and they figured it out, and I think that they're going to go in and they're going to win by at least 10. Yeah. I yeah, just, and I think Seattle. I think Seattle really threw one of their best punches against the Dallas Cowboys, and they weren't able to get the job done. And so, I think if they get down in this game, I think the air goes out of the balloon a little bit, and uh, things start to get a little bit dreary. Over I will say, I will say, if the Seahawks' offensive line can keep clean for Smith like they did against Dallas, then there's a chance. There, there's a chance. But if the offensive line, if there's too much pressure on Gino right at the beginning, then Gino's going to do his little thing where he just gets stressed, gets the pressure, and then he makes some mistakes. Yeah. So the next game, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, uh, this game has definitely had a little bit more flair in recent years as both teams have hit a little bit of a struggle um, this season. Um, since 2020, Kansas City um, has won three of the five Teams matchups between the, these two, they've scored 146 to Buffalo's 139. However, the Chiefs have lost three out of the last five games. Um, and in recent years, this is definitely going against their trends. In 2019, they won their final uh, six regular season games. Uh, in 2020, they won 10 straight before sitting starters in the last game. In 2021, they won what, nine of the last 10. And last season, they won 10 of their last 11. So an Andy Reid team. Not playing very well, you know, kind of moving into the end of the year postseason. It's starting to get really dicey for all the Kansas City fans that were saying, just give Patrick Mahomes time with these wide receivers because, well, time is a ticking. But, Paige, do you think they have enough firepower to beat a very desperate, very desperate Buffalo Bills team? Yeah, I think that's I think this one is tricky to call because of that, because it's very rare that Patrick Mahomes loses two games in a row. But the Bills need this game so badly. Like this is complete desperation mode for them. They're sitting at six and six. Like it's like win or go home at this point. And so I think that because of that, I'm gonna take Josh Allen in an in a win. I think this game might go into overtime. Um and be close and it's like a field goal's the decider but i think i think i'm going to go with the bills just because i think that they need it so bad yeah yeah i'm kind of playing with the de- I, I i've been playing around with the idea of the desperation um are you going bills officially then yeah do you can take the chiefs um yeah i'm going to take the chiefs like i disagree with you on some of these and i it was so convincing in my argument the last time that i flipped you so oh, that's true. I'm gonna go, I'm we gonna can't go look like we agreed too much. This is supposed to be his and hers. No, I don't think the Not Chiefs will four out of five. Um, and I just think the Bills, I mean, there was a weird report that came out with Sean McDermott, what he compared. Did you see that? No. Now I'm gonna look it up. He no, I, I'll give you the synopsis. There was a, a story that came out about how in 2021, uh, in training camp, he used 9-11 as a symbolic meaning to their team. But not as the Americans, he talked about how well organized the attacks were and how oh they gotta gosh. be they gotta be like Al Qaeda. So anyway, not great. Um Wow, okay. So I just I think I think that 13 seconds lost, and it's this has already been said in that divisional round matchup against the Chiefs has just like scarred that whole organization. And like last year, it kind of seemed like they're they came out and started the season, they were beating the out of everybody. And then the wheels came off. They lost at home to the Bengals. It kind of seems like a culture needs a change. The coach, you know, I think McDermott's a good coach, but I think they just need to kind of hit refresh and get a new yeah. voice in there and kind of, cause you know, now Vaughn Miller was arrested, but then it just it, bad vibes all the way. They missed, they missed their window reason. of opportunity. So they need a little bit of a refresh on coaching and staff and yeah. players. Just keep Josh Allen in there. I, I I like Stefan Diggs, but I think he can be detrimental too. I I would really just kind of, okay, we have our guy in our franchise quarterback. Let's flush this out. Let's get a new offensive guy in here to kind of build him up and, and go from there. Uh, again, 
let me say this again, Paige. Uh, this is now the third time I'm saying this. Uh, write this down. Uh, this is a great weekend of football. Oh, the Broncos. No the Broncos are facing the Chargers in. Uh, it is really a must win if there's any opportunity for the season. I mean, I don't think either of these teams are making the postseason, but if they have any hope to, they have to win this football game. Uh, the Chargers won a game last week, six to nothing. Uh, that's the fewest points in a win in franchise history. Yeah, no, duh. Okay, <laughs> you're kidding. Um, they just they they you know disappointing season for both of these. I mean, the Broncos made a really good push. Um, that Texans loss stung them a little bit in any chance that they had. That was the biggest swing. They went from, if they beat the Texans, it was going to be about 60% chance. And if they lost, it dropped to 18. Well, they're at the 18%. Uh, but Paige, in this game, uh, between uh, two dynamic quarterbacks in their different ways, who gets the win, the Broncos? or I keep going back and forth on this one because, one, I don't have any faith in the Chargers. Two, mm-hmm. I don't really love the Broncos, but obviously the Broncos, the, they had a five-game winning streak snacked by Houston last week. But uh, I just think that the one thing that keeps standing out to me in this game is that Russell Wilson has uh, kept Denver competitive in games, but he is still thrown for less than 200 yards in eight games. Yeah, right. And so against like this offense, like against the Chargers, I just think that there's a chance that because like – they're going to see that happen on the other side of the ball that I feel like it's going to be a close game, but I think, I think I'm going to put my money on the chargers on this one. I like it. I'm going to go with the chargers too. I don't think the, I I think the one thing that always ends up, I think going under the radar uh, because there's so much to look at in football games and so many different things that can, that can happen is that turnovers and turnover luck. Uh, they have some stats on that always will kind of it's so random that you can't rely on it as a, as a way to win football games and the Broncos, they had a crazy run in that five game winning streak of just getting all the turnovers going their way and not turning the ball over. Um, and so can it happen against the Chargers? Sure. But I just think that they're not a really good team. They just have to have things go their way. Uh, and not that I think the Chargers are a good team, but I do think, um, that they'll have ways to stress that defense with Herbert and the weapons. And I think that they'll end up getting the win. And Khalil Mack has been playing unbelievable. 15 sacks this year. Such a such a waste for the Chargers to have him, and it mean nothing. I mean, we thought his career was kind of on the downturn, and he's proven that it's not the case this year. The Sunday night football is exquisite. Exquisite. Beautiful. Exquisite. Beautiful game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. These are the type of primetime games we that get you pay for. That you pay for. Um, all of Dallas's wins this year have come against teams with 500 records or worse. But Dak Prescott is firmly in the MVP's conversation. He has 20 touchdowns and averaging 317 passing yards with only two interceptions over the last six games on a blitz. Um, even played really, really well the last time the Eagles and Cowboys played Philadelphia. Uh, that game came down to just inches, whether it was the tight end landing on his back with the ball outside or Dak stepping out of bounds on the two-point conversion. They were really in control of that game, but lost it by just, again, a few inches. Paige, the Eagles are coming off that shellacking at the hands of the Niners at home. Dom, there's head of security being kicked out. They just signed Shaquille Leonard, the old Indianapolis linebacker. Does that mean anything for them in this game? And do they either take control and win the division essentially at this moment, or do the Cowboys insert themselves as the NFC favorites along with San Francisco? Um, yeah, I I'm gonna take the Cowboys for these just because I think that a lot of the weaknesses in the Eagles offense and defense was exposed by the 49ers. And I think that a lot of the areas that the 49ers were able to capitalize on the Eagles, the Cowboys are going to be able to do the same. Um, Dallas is allowing the fourth fewest points per game. The Eagles are 24th and the Cowboys have the best, the fifth best pass defense and Philadelphia has the fourth, fourth worst. 
And so I just think with that combination, like there's a lot of opportunity for the Cowboys to kind of emphasize on those weak areas of weakness and come out with the victory. And so, yeah, I I'm taking the Cowboys, taking the boys in this one, primetime football. And then the they'll boys. turn around, they'll turn around and they'll lose to the Eagles in the playoffs. But alas. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cowboys, too. I do think they're playing really well, and I do think Jalen Hurts is slightly limited limited in his uh, running attack with that knee injury, and you just see him get you know, banged up uh, week after week. Um, and that, that pass defense for the Eagles is very suspect. Uh, they can get passed on, uh, so I think the Cowboys will take advantage of that and have much success Sunday night. We have a doubleheader. Week 14, doubleheader Monday Night Football. I hate a Monday Night Football doubleheader. Things are getting weird. But if you're going to do a Monday Night Football doubleheader, do it with these games. Because if one's bad, just switch it to the other. And if they're both bad, at least you Put on a Christmas it. movie. Watch the holiday. Titans are playing the Dolphins. And the Packers are playing the Giants. Um, which one do you want to do? First? I mean, let's just get that Giants-Packers situation out of there. Okay. Here's a weird stat for you. Oh, no. Matt LaFleur, in his time as Green Bay head coach, is 16-0 and 0 in December. That's kind of weird. Merry Christmas. Mind you, though, he has a terrible record in January. Okay. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. They've beaten the Chargers, Lions, and Chiefs in the past two weeks. Jordan Love has passed for 857 yards, eight touchdowns, and no interceptions. The Green Bay defense has picked it up as well. They haven't given up more than 24 points in the last eight games. There is a massive asterisk on that, by the way, because Kirk Cousins had 24 points, and then he tore some Achilles. Tragedy. So it doesn't count. Do they beat the Giants, though? Yeah, they're going to beat the freaking Giants. This cupcake-ass schedule they have during the season pisses me off. I hate the Packers so much. I hate them I hate so them. much. I hate them they're so the- much. I, I can't you, believe it. You, I, I literally cried tears. I cried tears as they beat the Chiefs. It's unfair. Well, that was the thing is they, uh, you know. There's some things the, that aren't supposed to happen, and that's one of them. That Chargers game is where I started to think, oh, no. Oh, they might just be, they might, the luck of the Packer might start coming around because the Chargers dropped three touchdowns. And like appalling drops. And then I'm like, okay, but they're going to lose these next two because the Lions and Chiefs are good. And the last time the Lions and Packers played, I mean, the the Lions had beat them five times in a row. I was like, oh, this, like, they're going to, no, they get their butts kicked. And I'm like, okay, look, Patrick Mahomes is not going to lose to the Chiefs. No. He lost to the Chiefs. I mean, he lost to the Packers. It was terrible. So now they play the Giants, they play the Bucks at home. Then they played the, the freaking Panthers. And then they're in Minnesota, and then they play the Bears, a franchise that they own. So things are not looking good if you are not a fan of the Packers. Do the Packers so. own the Bears, or did Aaron Rodgers own the Bears? Well, they played week one this year, and they owned the Bears in that game. So True. The, the other game continues. is transfer the other, the other uh, should have a vote. Uh, the Titans and Dolphins play as well. Um, yeah, guess what the spread is on that game? Uh, 11 and a half. 13. Ah, damn. Damn. Yeah, dummy. Tyreek Hill had 78-yard and a 60-yard touchdown pass against Washington. He has 21 career scores of at least 60 yards, tied for third all-time with Devin Hester, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, excuse me. Tied for third all-time with Devin Hester. Deshaun Jackson leads with 26, so he's only four away, or no, excuse me, six away from taking that over. Uh, Jerry Rice has 23. Miami is 9-3 and for the first time since 2008. One. Hot dog. They're a pretty good team. I like the Titans. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I like the Dolphins. Don't like the Titans. <laughs> wow. The Titans, they can't even block their, for a punt. So they're just, uh, things have come off quickly. There. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins, and I think they win big. I'm also taking the Dolphins, and I also think they're going to win big. And I'm just hoping that Tyree Kill and Tua will give me a lot of points on my fantasy teams because two of my leagues are really struggling. Really struggling. I have a crucial week, and uh, I'm out of the playoffs in two leagues. Just a disaster. I have a lot of injuries. Um, I have been I have been cursed by the injury bug. Everybody's yeah. hurt. It's everybody's it's, dying. It's truly devastating. Uh, but in one of my leagues, I've crawled back in. I'm now seven and six. 
Uh, I think I'm in the playoffs guaranteed, but this win would put me where I'm in a good spot. There we go. There we go. Things need to happen. But as I always say, no one cares about your fantasy team. Except for you. Here's a random stat for you. Are you ready Uh, to kind of end the show? Uh, Tommy DeVito. What a legend, right? Um, Legend. This season, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tommy DeVito's winning percentage is the same. 6.67. A little bit smaller sample size. Pass touchdown to interception ratio. Patrick Mahomes is 2.2. Tommy DeVito, 2.3. Passer rating, 95.1 for Mahomes. 92.4 for DeVito. Yards per completion, 10.4 for Mahomes, 10.6 for DeVito. Game-winning drives, one each. So people are asking, is Tommy DeVito a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> Who's asking I'm just saying, that? I love, I love the, uh, I love the, the, the amount of stats. That is like. Well, and it's game- just like, it's just like, I'm sorry. How much smaller of a sample size is this? You got Patrick Mahomes. I think it's three games versus the whole season. So yeah, let's let's. I love let's, it. We love we love a we love the stats that they'll pull. This is the one time that anybody has done this one thing during a first quarter of a second half in the middle of January on a cold winter's night when the temperature is sixty one degrees. Listen, no one is worse at that than uh, basketball fans. And that's I know a it's fact. it is wild. So I want to say uh, so to wrap up. The Patriots beat the uh, Steelers twenty one eighteen. What a game. Uh, they, they get the win at home. And uh, the Lakers are going to be moving on to the finals to play the Bucks in the first ever in-season tournament. We need to sit down and do LeBron James. We're going to yeah, we do an NBA preview like halfway through the season so we can yeah. be as correct with our takes as possible. Like, <laughs> hey, the Jazz are going to suck. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Who They're going to be terrible. And, and the Dallas Mavericks are going to be, you know, they're going to be better than people expect. And, and we give you a dark horse, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they're going to come out of the gates hot. <laughs> Those are my predictions. Things you you wouldn't even believe the knowledge and predictions that we're going to throw out about the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. I think they're going to start like 15 and four. It's, all, it's insane, honestly. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Designers Podcast. I'm Zach Ben Longstone. This page. Tune in next. Uh, we got to figure out how we're going to do our podcast if we're both going to the game and I'm driving home after. How about this? We're going to record Monday night during this doubleheader madness and we'll yeah, release we it Tuesday morning. That's we'll the only way chip. that we can get this done. Yeah, we'll eat chips and salsa. It'll be a whole night. Beautiful. Love it. See ya. Bye.